Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vance. Today, I am in Osseo, Wisconsin with my good friend, Ryan Nordahl. But what makes this day so special is that I'm actually setting in the Backwoods Barn Restaurant. Now, what makes this location so famous is that it sets just south of Eau Claire, but it has their own distinction of burgers and food that you can't get anywhere else and the major attraction is the brewery that have in, that they have in here and you can get all kinds of different alcohols and you're not just not just beer but you have a variety of different things and you know, when you walk in here it fits the north woods like to a t because it has multiple amounts of different sized animals and on top of that too it's it's very historic there's more to it than meets the eye i'm not going to go into it but i do recommend making this a stop if you're in the Claire area so i appreciate you guys listening in i'm gonna so today so as i mentioned the guest will be ryan nordahl from whitetail uh, or epic whitetail habitats and we're going to be talking about several different topics at this event and what we're going to be jumping off to is we're going to be talking about our good friend bill hutchin and what this is going to lead into is like he wrote a book that's regarding 100 days and, and such. And I'm not going to go into it too depthly because I haven't read it. But I'm going to turn the mic over to my friend Ryan to actually give us the, the breakdown of everything. So, Ryan, why don't you go ahead and start us off on the right foot? <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Um, yeah, we're here at Northwoods Brewery in beautiful Osseo, Wisconsin. Um, I live not too far from this area. And uh, it's just absolutely spectacular to be back here in Northwoods Brewery again. And, um, yeah, as you mentioned before, Bruce Hutchin from um, Let's Talk Deer podcast wrote a book along with a partner of his. I can't remember his name, so I won't even attempt to try to remember it at this time. But uh, they wrote a 100-day challenge, uh, 100 Days of Personal Growth and Development, and the book is all about personal development. You're actually writing your life story and where you eventually want to be at the end of your life. Um, it's an amazing program. It's an expensive program. I was fortunate enough to be given the book, but it can be found on Amazon. Um, I can't remember the exact dollar amount. Um, I think it's like $150 plus shipping and handling, but... When you break it down, it's only like a hundred or a dollar fifty a day. What else can you do for less than a dollar fifty a day? You know, um, I think it's well worth the investment. Um, but what it does is it gets you to challenge yourself. It gets you to challenge your mind. And when you look back and you com- after completing the hundred day challenge. Um, it's just amazing the results that I've seen in that short 100 days. As many of you know from previous podcasts, I'm really big into my own personal development. Um, and I started my own business in 2017. And just where I've grown in almost three years, it'll be three years on August 8th, 2020 here. And uh, 
just where I've come in through years and how my business has exploded, I'm very grateful for it. Um, as many of you probably already know that follow me on social media or anything too, I'm a very, I'm very adamant about gratitude. Um, and that's where my success comes from is just my daily thanks and gratitude for everything I have in my life and the su success of my business. Um, my business, Epic Whitetail Habitat, is now comprised of close to 60 clients across nine different states here in America alone, the United States. And uh, I've met some amazing people along the way. I have retainment of many clients, which is an absolute blessing. And uh, I'm gaining new, new clients and new popularity. And I cannot thank the good Lord enough for it. Um, I'm not a religious man per se, but it's all due to my faith in the Lord. And I'm very thankful for it. Um, it brought brought you and I together, which I'm very that thankful for. That it did. For. That it is. Thank, thank, that's, this thank you goes out to Bruce because I listened to your podcast, and it's like I think it was like not even a week or two later we set up and did a, our first podcast together. Yep, yep. I remember that very well. It was it was actually a beautiful day in January of 2019 when we did our first podcast. It was. Together. Yep. And uh, you came to my home. You've actually been to my home for the first two podcasts. Mm -hmm. um, this time there were some things going on at at my home with my wife and myself are some of our projects we have going on. So it just, it wasn't the venue to have it at. And we're very blessed here today to be able to bring it to you from the Northwoods Brewery here in Osseo. So, yeah. so why don't we talk about like some of the, what did you discover about yourself during this hundred day process at like day 40? At day 40, I started to realize some things in the, you know, that I'd manifested throughout the challenge in those first 40 days. Um, one of the goals I had set at the beginning of the year was to at least have a new pickup to drive around. I, I was currently at that time driving a 2011 Ford F-150, not that I'm particular to any brand of truck. I'll drive anything as long as it gets me from point A to point B. But for where my food plot and my business was going, I needed something with more payload capacity, more low-end torque for the equipment that I'm hauling and everything. And at the beginning of 2020, I'd set the goal to have this new pickup. But when Bruce introduced me to the pro his 100 to 100 day challenge program at the beginning of March, I really got basically emotionally involved with the idea that I wanted this pickup and I wanted it more than anything at the end of the 100 days. And by day 40, things really started to come into realization with me that I could put half the money down on this pickup if I really set my mind to it. And I believed in that and I believed okay. in myself to do it. And by the end of my one, it was actually day 86, 14 days before the 100 days was up. Okay. I had the new pickup. In oh, my congratulations possession. on that moment. I was able to pay half the money down on it. I've that, never been able to do that that's in awesome. my life. I've really never been able to put any money down on anything besides our home in okay. my life. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was one hell of an accomplishment for myself. And that's a win that I will celebrate for the rest of my life and continue it. Continue to celebrate events like that with anything and really it's a small wins along the way i'm grateful for every day of that challenge and just where i was at the beginning of it and where i am now and where i continue to grow to in my 
own personal development and the development of my businesses. And I'm just grateful for it. That's awesome. I can. I have a thing to chime in about that too. A, lot of, a small blessing that we did is that my my wife and I paid off our car officially, and so now it's all done. So that we have that extra income. There. But uh, we're working with our mortgage broker, and we're talking about different ways to maintain our credit score and getting awesome. positive positive uh, payment history. So with the car being paid off, we have a couple of credit cards that we were told like leave them open, but make the payments on so this way you have that consistent payment history. But we after he looked at it, after he reevaluated everything, he said, "Why don't we do this? Pull out another loan on your car." pay off those credit cards, leave them open. And then and also I put myself as an authorized user. So this way then I have that line of credit coming through. Then yep. what we then, that's all going to happen this upcoming week. And then we're going to awesome. pull roll those into the car. And that was this way we're going to still have positive, well, granted we'll have another lien on the car, but we'll have positive payment history on it. So this way when yes. we go to, to look at buying a house, either this fall or next spring, we're going to have that working for us. Because right now, I am just points away from an over an 800 credit, credit score, which, awesome. is, which is, I never thought I was going to have it. Yep. And it's like, when I first dated, started dating my wife, I thought my credit score was worse. But because of all of my um, dealings, uh, back when the iPad first came out, a, a good friend of mine set me up to have op- multiple lines of credit and good payment history, which established a, a form of fruit long-term goal, which I had no idea because I'm financially stupid. I'm lucky my wife is in the, the banking industry, so she's learned a lot to how to manipulate the system to work for us. So it's, a, it's been a very good blessing, and that win alone is exciting because more, our mortgage broker is talking that there's going to be a drop this fall, and then there's going to be a drop in the spring, but he's, it's like it's, you're, we're going to see a more of a drastic drop because of what's going on with the, the, the pandemic and stuff, and then with the, with the mass hysteria. We're gonna, we, we are fortunate enough to be able to continue working so we're going to be able to take this to our advantage and be able to turn a uh, something a blessing in disguise but uh, it's just how it goes and, even, and if you listen to re- do this 100 day program with Bruce Hutchin you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk you work with all these guys that are multi multi-millionaires or da- uh, Mark Cuban from uh uh Shark Tank is like listening to these guys talk is like you have to change your mindset cuz in society poverty is a choice if you don't yes. change your mindset, you'll always be there. Yes. And, the, and the worst part is, is like our educational system is not the best because it doesn't talk about generational wealth or how to use term life insurance policy as a, as a benefit for your own using, utilizing your own money. And it's like surrounding yourself with key players in your home area is the way it is. And the best way to do it is network, network, network. Now, thank you for that little, little, uh, little chan transition here. So you had a hell of a turkey season. You were telling me some fantastic stories. So why don't you start off from week one? How did everything work out for you? Well, our week one started right after Easter Sunday in April. Um, We had snow on the ground to start the season off. Um, It eventually started to warm up. There was, I got to hunt. Our hunts here in Wisconsin start on a Wednesday. I was able to hunt on Thursday after I do some chores for a neighboring dairy farm in the mornings, and uh, it's just a way they house some cattle. As many of you know, my background is dairy farming. Um, I grew up around it um, with registered Holstein show cattle, and I still own show cattle. My kids basically own them, and we house them at a neighbor's place, and I kind of pay them back for the housing just by helping them out with morning chores. We got out that morning after chores, you know, mid-morning, and we could see in the snow that the turkeys had been there just before we got there. And uh, we walked the entire property, just kind of, I call it running and gunning, walking every 100 yards or so. Many of you can relate. Walk about 50 to 100 yards, stop and call. 
with very little response. You know, it was only in the low 40s that day. Birds okay. aren't really responsive when it's that kind of weather conditions out. But it was a it was a nice sunshiny day. Don't so at least you got to take your gun out for a walk. Essentially, got some exercise. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And we got back to the area where we were finding a lot of sign. And we thought, let's just go back to the pickup, get the blind set up in this area, and just cold call basically. All right. And we did that. We set up. We got the strutter decoy. We had two strutter decoys out, and I think just one hen decoy. And we just set up. We were patient, calling every every few minutes. And I suppose we had sat there probably a good 45 minutes to an hour maybe, mm-hmm. and we finally heard a bird gobbling. When he gobbled, he was That's close. exciting news. Yeah, yeah, because we were at the point where we were ready to pack up and go. Makes we, sense. We were getting antsy, impatient. And when he went off, it's like, okay, game on. And we milled around, played with that bird, I bet for a good hour and a half. He'd randomly answer back. And what I discovered with that was is there was actually two different birds. When the second bird chimed in, he was actually, we thought the original bird had actually moved another hundred or so yards. We could never see the birds. And I finally deciphered and decided that there had to be two birds there. And like I said, after about an hour, hour and a half, the birds finally come in. We saw the one bird right away come 50 yards. He popped out into the opening that we were in. And uh, sure enough, the second bird come in from the right. It was kind of cool. They met at the decoys, and they just proceeded to beat the hell out of our strutter decoy. Uh-huh. And I could never get them separated. You know, the bigger of the two birds, the longer bearded bird, mm-hmm. if you will, um, he just would not separate himself from that other bird or the decoy. Okay. So, you know, it was really cool to watch it all. I got a little bit of the, little bit of the events on on my phone, some video of it. But I think I since erased my phone because <laughs> I had some some issues where too much storage, too much data storage, I got usage, you. whatever. But uh, it was cool. They finally separated. I hammered the one. The other bird took off about 30 yards, and he come right back and started piss-pounding that strutter decoy again. Uh-huh. I got that all on film, and he worked that strutter for a good 15 minutes before we were throwing everything at him because we wanted to get out of there. <laughs> None of us, neither my buddy or myself, we didn't have another tag. We could have shot that bird easily if we did the legal thing and let that bird walk. Okay. Um, and... It was just fun, but we were th- throwing, we were throwing empty shotgun shells at him. Um, <laughs> we actually had some donuts with us that we were, uh-huh. <laughs> we were throwing at him just to get him the hell out of there, and uh, it was rather comical. But I had a really nice bird. That bird ended up going twenty five pounds, almost twenty five pounds. He was like twenty four eight, something like that, um, and just a real pretty bird, real bronze color up okay. through his. Through his back feathers, through his tail feathers and everything. Just a really unique bird. Um, close to a 10-inch beard. I would say probably a two- or three-year-old bird. Okay. Really nice bird. I was happy with him. Um, and uh, then the seasons progressed, progressed through. Um, we have six separate week-long seasons here in Wisconsin. And I 
bought two tags for the very last season, which was Memorial Day weekend of this year. Yeah. And I had one tag for the farmland zone where I live okay. here in Wisconsin. And then I had another one for zone four, I believe it was, which got me north of Highway 10. All right. That travels through Wisconsin here east and west and basically divides it north and south pretty pretty evenly, actually. It does. And uh, that sixth season coming, we went out on a Saturday it was rather warm that morning. It got out a little late. We didn't go out, you know, to watch them fly down or anything. Um, but I suppose we got in the woods about 8 o'clock, and that was just simply by choice. It wasn't because we slept in or anything. It was just kind of my call, my choice to do that. And uh, my buddy come down again, who I loved turkey hunting with. He's a uh-huh. really great guy, Mike Markowitz. Um, he's helped me a lot in the last year he's been hunting our property for probably the last 10 years or so okay um just a really good guy always he's got permission anytime he wants to but Uh he always calls or texts before he comes down and i really appreciate that my hats off to him for that he takes care of the property lets us know if anything is different out of the ordinary trespassers anything yeah i understand that too because i've done the same pay the same respects for other landowners such especially during the spring turkey season like when you when you don't know what's fallen and uh, i my hunting property down in southern minnesota he has cattle and stuff like that. So anytime I'm out there turkey hunting, uh, I will make sure I always walk the fence line. So just make sure his cattle won't jump out. I'll at least give him because like we, I've been hunting for so many. Oh, oh nine, gonna be nine years. And okay. I kind of we were on the same path. So I could kind of know where, like right here is where he got this problem, this problem sure. here. So this way, then he knows before he puts his cows out to pasture or when he gets a new shipment in before he gets however he deals with his cattle. Uh, he's he's prepared for it, so he doesn't have any mm-hmm. random. Ex- uh, surprises coming through yep yep i just i like guys like that like yourself um i really appreciate it um my brother is on the farm full time um i am not like i said i have my own couple businesses here and uh but that sixth season we went out that morning a little later like i previously we can't speak today <laughs> anyway you know what i mean and we got out there and um, we were calling, and three jakes popped out in the field about 400 yards away. Okay. And uh, I was ready to take a jake. I didn't care. I just kind of wanted to be done. It was getting warm that day. And uh, they come from all the way across, 400 yards, close the distance. There was three of them together. Um, I had the first chance. There was three of us that were set up on these jakes. Okay. And uh, I had the first chance because they come by me, but they just would not separate. Uh-huh. And I wasn't going to flock shoot. No, were you using a shotgun at the time or a bow? Using a shotgun. Okay, so that makes sense. So, yep, so I wasn't going to sh- flock shoot. And yeah. uh, by the time they got past me, I had a tree that was in my way, and I just couldn't swing anymore. Okay. And my other buddy ended up taking one, and I was really happy for him. It happened quick, and it was a clean kill. And, you know, we did our high fives, and what's next? Well, I thought, well... We were on one property. Let's go closer to my brother's farm and see what's out in his fields okay. or whatnot. And my parents live near my brother's farm as well. And we were just driving along, and we come up over the road, over this hill, and there happened to be three strutters and a couple hens out in the field. Okay. And I thought, number one strategy, get down to my parents' place. Okay. Come up across the fields. Uh-huh. Because I'm going to use the terrain to my advantage to close the distance quickly. 
And what I'm going to do is I'm going to get behind a tail feather, a tail fan of another turkey, and okay. sneak, get on my belly and sneak in on them. And I proceeded to do that. My buddies stayed out on the road about 200 yards away, and they watched the whole thing happen. <laughs> I got to that last knoll that they were on the other side of, and I got down on my belly and belly crawled behind that fan with a okay. shotgun in hand. And <clears throat> lo and behold, the bird started closing the distance on me. I peeked up, and there's his head, and I just waited for him to get a little bit closer so I could get the right shot. Because the the shotgun I was using patterned a little bit high, so I wanted to be able to get a good shot at his neck to be able to hit him in the head. Okay. To get as many of the pellets in the head as I possibly could. Uh And, you know, I suppose it was only like 30 seconds to a minute later, he presented the shot, and... Like my buddies say, I like to tell that version of the story. They mm-hmm. saw the bird flop before they heard the shot, and it, <laughs> it was game over. It was fun. I had another good bird in my bag and um, got some pretty awesome pictures of that bird in my parents' front yard, and uh, we proceeded to what's next. Well, we got our zone four takes. We started to head to the Mondovi area where we had permission okay. on several private acres to hunt, and we got there, and lo and behold, there was three strutters out in the field about okay. a little more than a half mile away all right and we were able to pick these birds out pretty good and they're up on a big ridge and uh we went after them we used the terrain again to our advantage as many of you know buffalo county the mondovi area there's some pretty good bluffs valleys coolies as they like to call them here True. in yeah. wisconsin and uh, we used the terrain to our advantage we set up we called with no success and we just pursued proceeded to run and gun again okay stopping every couple hundred yards and calling no answers no answers and we were ready to pack up and leave and some birds we heard gobble out in the out in the neighbor's field they actually were okay and we tried to put a move on them nothing really happened um they kind of hung up and disappeared out of sight we went back into the fields a little bit further on the ground we had permission on and we heard birds gobble again okay so we were using the strutter decoys again to our advantage, sneaking in behind, trying to close the distance ourselves. Yeah. Um, it's referred to as reaping. It's You get behind a strutter decoy. Okay. And I've done it before in the past, and I've literally had birds within, sh- like, the distance of my shotgun. Oh, no That kidding. far away from me. Uh-huh. And it, it worked out. Um, there was, like I said, there was three birds, but little did we know there was three other birds toms that come in and okay. when we seen those toms come up over the hill they were at like between 15 and 20 yards away okay we got ready and my buddy counted down three two one we popped out and i shot i aimed at one bird and shot he flew up in the air so i had to shoot a second time uh-huh. and little did i know that he was the biggest out of those three birds he ended up being 26 27 pounds um had about a 12 inch beard and very thick beard, just like a paintbrush. Yeah, you were telling me and about that. Inch and a quarter spurs, the biggest bird. Beautiful. I've been, I've been hunting birds since I was 12 years old, uh-huh. basically since I could legally start hunting. And that's the biggest bird I've ever harvested in my life. And it was so fun and just so grateful to spend it with three really good friends, you know, two other really good friends. Yeah. Three friends together doing what they love. And we we celebrated that victory. Yeah. And, uh, we went back into Mondovi and celebrated with 
couple rounds of Bloody Marys, and we had a good old time. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's fantastic. See, when I was in uh, Northern Iowa at the time, and we had to deal with rain, bits and pieces, so I think it must have stayed just south enough for you guys to have to worry about the rain. Yep, I think that's what happened. I mean, we worried about it a little bit. We did have a few light sprinkles that day, if I recall okay. right. Okay. And uh, it was just a fun day. I that's mean, awesome. It's a memory that's going to stick with me forever, and I will take it to the grave, and I'll cherish every moment of it as yeah. I recall it. I can, I can see that. My, my Memorial Day weekend, we, ended, we, we had a break in the rain, so we, we, we quick packed up the boat, took it over to Silver Lake there, and okay. it was just flooded with boats there. Oh, but, sure. it, but with all the rain that we had, it's just like the fish were down deep. They didn't want to yeah. come up. They didn't want to eat. And we're, and we're throwing all kinds of different things. We're using black, chartreuse, white. Uh, we're just trying to figure out anything to bring up either a crappie or a bluegill or a bass or something, and nothing wanted to, to come. So it's like, well, we called it a night. I saved myself a bunch of time, and we just went back over to uh, back to my dad's and just fun sardine but that night what we cooked up was a, a neck a piece of neck roast that i saved and i've been saving it and what i did is i, I thought it out i let it marinate in that uh honey uh or the smoky barbecue from okay. uh from winchester sure or not from winchester but jack daniels oh yeah, yeah and yeah. it's like and i put it, i put both packages in there and let it soak overnight and that and then i let it set over um pulled it out at nine o'clock that morning let it room temperature all day oh. long so this way then we went through the rain went fishing and we grilled it for about two hours low and slow about 200 240 degrees oh my god it was so good oh it was so good my it was mouth like is watering hearing about it i couldn't believe it it's like because it's like it's, it was just the piece of meat was like almost three years old and it was just delicious then i took it with me down after that i went down to my friend's house because they have a, a farm in down in southern iowa and okay. i went, got to work from home so it's like well, let me take advantage of this i went down there and we i worked from seven to four and then we drank beer until midnight so it's great and we awesome we, and for lunch that's what we cooked up and uh, put in the oven for 350, 20 minutes, yep. and every and yeah, that no more, no more left. And I was awesome. I was so glad I was able to share it with over like nine people with of course that meal. <laughs> My daughter was just stuffed. It's like, yep, I'm done. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Yeah, I was really, I was really fortunate. So it's like that was my Memorial Day weekend. It's like we both had a joyous time about it. And and uh, I, I, one thing I've noticed that I can appreciate about farm uh, ponds now is like, there's it's just not fishing, it's catching, but. To, it was, it was interesting because as I was down there during my little staycation or workcation, I called it, is that we went out fishing on Tuesday, caught well over 60 fish. Sure. And that should have been the night we should have did a fish fry. Yep. Well, then we went out Thursday and then Friday and Saturday, and the fishing got worse and worse and worse. So Friday, we finally had a, uh, a fish fry because we, we caught 10 fish. And the unique thing about it, like, you know, a bass can have a, a worry gamey flavor to it. Yeah, yeah. These fish, these farm pond fish, not a single issue with them. Awesome. And we had bluegills and we had crappie and we had bass all and it's like I was lucky if I caught the biggest bass out of all of them. Okay. And that was that was uh, on Tuesday, and I was just using a uh, a, a plug and then just in a little plop, uh, pillar, or propeller plug on it, and then yep. it's like you just hit it right out of the water. It was, like, it was probably good five pound fish, biggest one so far of the year. So now since I've set the pace, they're they're constantly they've been going. They went out fishing during. Uh, Father's Day weekend. I yep. uh, didn't swing and a miss there, but uh, no, no, they caught fish, but not any big ones like yep. I caught. So it's like, so I just told them, we're going to throw this guy back because it's like he, he deserves to continue living because these guys don't care. They like, the, the fish is always well stocked. Sure, sure. And uh, yeah, it was just a fun. And then we went on Saturday, the last day, 
Yeah, it was just it, we were we couldn't catch anything. My buddy, I went. <laughs> we dropped at least thirty bucks on different type of spinners because that's what they're hitting on. So I went with white spinners, and I went with uh, pumpkin spinners, and I threw out some black and orange spinners, and that we had some consistency with. Yep. But then we started. Then we switched to the latter in the day. We moved to um, uh, top water. So we did frogs okay. and moss moss jumpers and all that. And that's what we got some action on. But all the bass were right around that, like fifteen. To like seventeen inch and like we like our bat they like they like to catch their bass right around seventeen plus yep. produces bigger fillets more meat sure. and stuff like that so yep. that's how we broke that out and I'm now I'm sure I'm probably gonna get some flack for eating bass but it's like do you know how much they spawn it's ridiculous and how many eggs they release so it's like I'm not really too we're not too worried about jeopardizing the ecosystem by taking some of these bass out of the pond you bet now you've had a you were telling me that um, you had a really good experience up in northern Minnesota with a young couple, and it's like you actually went the extra mile because we all understand in selling something, we have to have really good customer service. And I've been in the customer service business for a long time, from either from doing sales to doing the podcast to do my current work environment right now, and it all has that type of um, attitude. Like You really want them to leave with a good taste in their mouth so this way then you re- retain that business why don't you explain to me your 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 really uh one of your best experiences so far doing out of all 60 clients yeah it really was a wonderful experience this client and his wife a young couple mid tw- mid, mid to late 20s northern minnesota up in the black duck area which is north and east of bemidji minnesota oh wow that is a trip up there yeah it was it was a great trip. It was a one-day trip. I left on a Friday afternoon, stayed in Bemidji, and then I was out there at their 80 acres all day on Saturday that okay. day. And uh, I drove home that evening after our visit. Um, kind of a long ways, four and a half hours, almost five hours, I believe it was, okay. just one way. Um Real pretty country up there, if you've ever been in that country. God, it is. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. I've, I fished uh, Big Birch and Little Birch just south of Bemidji, and those, those yep. are fun little lakes to fish. Sure they are. Um, I've fished Lake Winnebagoshes, Cass Lake, um, but it had been almost 25 years since I'd been up there, and I just forgot how beautiful it was up in that country. Okay. And uh, But this couple, they have 80 acres that they own with his father, and uh, his father was out and about with us um, randomly throughout the day. Okay. Um, he was taking it in. He was interested in what I had to say and recommend, you know, the recommendations and strategies that I implemented into their plan and everything, um, but just doing his own thing, you know. Uh-huh. Um, not real big into it. Interested, but not real big into it. Um, but this couple, they've hunted deer in the past, um, rifle hunters mostly, but... Uh, he had recently taken up bow hunting, he and his wife both. Okay. And uh, so they're really novice to it, really green about bow hunting and stuff. And that's where my magic came into play, you know, just teaching them strategies, questions. It was question after question after question, and I absolutely loved it. Answered it the best I could. I'm not the smartest guy in the world when it comes to it. I'm always learning and evolving my craft, especially when it comes to hunting, learning from other hunters and their experiences as well. Yeah. But this yeah. couple, I could just tell that, you know, we had such a great connection, you know, and that's what I love doing the most is just teaching people, uh-huh. teaching people my strategies and the way I do things and sharing that, 
sharing the stories and experiences I've had along the way and what's worked for me and what's working on my property as far as habitat development. Now, yes, habitat is different here in western Wisconsin than northern Minnesota, but when it all comes together, too, a lot of the strategies are virtually the same. Um, And, you know, he took that in. He took everything into consideration. At the end of the day, he was left with a plan to get him through this first year. I'm, you know, with my notes and my mapping that day, I brought that all home, and I'm putting together a complete plan for him that'll get him at least five years down the road before we really revamp and see where he is in five years. Um, But he's just that type of person where, Sean, if you're listening, I want to invite you down to my property, one of my three properties Uh to hunt this fall or in the coming years. And... uh, you know, you just know. He's just one of them kind of guys where you just know. And I love and appreciate all my clients, but mm-hmm. he was one that just really has stood out in the last three years to me. And it's almost like we had this spiritual connection almost. Okay. Uh, and I feel it was kind of meant to, a real meant-to-be experience on for both of us, okay. really. You know, It helped me bring out a version of me that I've never experienced before and how I can better serve my clients in the future. Okay. Um, whether they're existing clients or new clients that I bring mm-hmm. in about, like you said before, going the extra mile. And I really believe in that. And if you can go the extra mile in anything that you do in life, that's what it's all about. And that's where the real growth is. That's, that's what I like about doing these podcasts. Cause it's like, I could do them over zoom, but it's just not as fun because I love coming to your place. Cause it's yeah. so pretty, so pretty. And it's like, yeah. I, I'm on the outskirts of Jackson County. So I was like, one of these days I'm hoping to catch uh, a, a bugling uh, elk or something like that out there. Cause it's like, it's just, yep. I'm just knocking on that door. And one of these days I'm going to see one step out. And it's like, I'm just going to slam on the brakes. It's exactly. like, it's just, it's just like, cause I've, I've seen some like, Backwoods here has a elk uh, shoulder mount, and it's like this is just a magnificent animal, and just the fact yes. that we have them here in, in uh, Wisconsin again, it's just a, it's just a godsend. Yep. And but yeah, going that extra mile for for your people and for the for your audience, because I know the audio on a podcast is much better when it's face to face than it is over Zoom. Because I did a podcast just recently with Ben Henderson with the Bow Hunting League, which I recommend you guys looking out because we discuss how you can become be part of a contest but it's not like it's high stress where you have to shoot a 180 class buck and he does a really good job of breaking it down and reducing the anxiety so this way you're not going to do something stupid or get yourself in in some legalese and stuff like that and uh yeah it's like it was it was nice he lives in indiana but uh at the end of the conversation though we both have an open invitation to either go he can come here or i can go there to go fishing or go hunting or fishing whatever our um our uh, schedules will allow sure. you know and it's like as, as, you, as a guy that works 40 hours a week it's like you gotta save up that PTO but uh, I'll be coming up here pretty soon on a five year mark and I'll be getting a whole bunch more PTO but I really like what I do it's like I can have other opportunities to, to um, work differently but it's like I like being inv- involved with veterans lives and me knowing yeah. no I will have a direct influence in a positive after the, for, for uh, someone that served their country yes that's tremendous. And, and yeah, I mean, everything is based upon relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, earlier in the podcast, you related everything back to, um, what am I trying to say? You are surrounded. You are the sum of the five closest people in your circle. There we go. Yeah, that's a good way to yep. now bring, um, it, bring it all together. You bet. And so you want to surround yourself with people that help bring out the best in you as an individual. Amen. Yes. And 
that's what I like, and that's why I like our connection. Uh-huh. You know, we have a lot of the same views, and not that that matters. Political views should never matter when it comes to a relationship. They they never should. Um, unfortunately, that's just not the way things are anymore in this country, and that's too bad. The tribalism is very uh, destruct- destructive, I should say, because we've seen that in the in, the, in our own hunting industry too. Because you got um, bird hunters that hate trappers because they're the potential of your dogs getting stuck in there. And instead of working together, we're just working towards reducing our abilities to do so. Because yeah. if we want to end up like California, you guys keep doing what you're doing. We'll be just like them. Because yep. I know I don't. Did you take the survey that Wisconsin just dropped here this early this spring? I don't believe I did. I did. And it's, it's over 60 questions long, and a lot of the results came out like I was hoping for. A lot of uh, um, allowing hunters to still maintain their oh, choice. Yeah. Now I remember it. Yeah. yeah I did take that. Because it's like everything I saw in there was like it opened up a doorway to have something taken away. Yes. And it's like, granted, I like the hunting with lead has its... Uh, pros and cons to it but it's like i don't want to open that up to somebody saying like hey they're, t- they're this is our opening to go in and take our rights away Absolutely. and that's what happens to a lot of states is like we give them the door and then it's not it was our own fault and then we, yep. and then we stub our toes on every single time yep and that can be related back to the second amendment on a national level yeah you know they want us to give up one little right well you you give an inch, they'll take a mile. It happens. It's repeated in history. You know, you, you look back in our history and you can see the events and people forget that. And now mm-hmm. in this country, we're trying to erase our history by taking down statues and monuments that represent the history mm-hmm. of where this country has come from, what we went through and where we come from. Come on, people. Yes. You cannot agree. hide history from our kids. Mm-hmm. I mean... What are you teaching these kids? Absolutely nothing of good of any sort. And I think the biggest lesson we should learn was the destruction of the Library of Alexandria because that yep. library had so much information that we've forgotten because the world as a, as a, as a, as a whole is, is a nation of insomnia. Or no, yep. um, not insomnia, but uh, dementia. Yeah. Because we never remember wh- how we built the pyramids and stuff like that. And when we do this, it's like we're taking away, taking away a lot of pivotal people you know that, that had some type of impact that's why we created x y and z for this person yep now grand some of their personal stuff is not the the is the front upon but they're human you, you can't nobody's perfect nobody's perfect exactly the, on the plus side of all all this distractions and what's going on in society our our fund our Pittman robinson fund is going to be flush with cash we're going to be able to do a lot of benefits for um, buying a property uh, especially the people that want to get out to farming open up for more public land access because the ammunition and gun sales go towards that stuff right there and uh i'm just it's like i like it when we have it's like it sucks when we have this these these controversies but and the, on the plus side, on the negative side of it all, the bright side is that we're going to have a lot of a lot of um, cash to be able to put into into project, into parks, into expanding, buying new equipment, and um, better docks, uh, redoing docks. I mean, stuff that we use and stuff that we get get along to that brings us together as a as a community is going to have this money to be able to put in new new barbecues for this X Y Z part, uh, a new. Um, uh, rain shelter and such so it's like we're going to see some 2021 is going to be a very interesting year and in how sure will. we allocate those funds it sure will it sure will um yeah you're you're absolutely right with everything and you know we're, we're getting more and more, i mean it's just the same in agriculture we're getting more and more removed from our roots every single year the generation gaps here um you know we're 
four, five, and six generations removed just from the farm itself, and we're starting to get that in the hunting industry as well. Hello, we're at the 2020 ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we used with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens still has our momentum management compressible blade technology so the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed uh, in flight it's one inch by inch and a quarter another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like so swap the tip out get you 125 grains instead of 100 which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click, and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. Hunting puts more money back into conservation than any other animal rights group, PETA, anything like that that's out there. And I just don't know where people get that misconception that they're putting money toward the saving of these animals when it's actually hunters and their hard-earned money that they spend Mm -hmm. gracefully, greatly, you know, gratefully. All that money goes back into conservation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, protecting these animals. We're not out here to slaughter animals. We're out here to control the population. And the benefits of hunting outweigh what PETA or any animal rights group wants to do. And outright ban hunting for greater populations, more freedom of populations of birds, deer, turkeys, elk, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and they just don't understand the common sense approach to things. Oh, yeah, exactly. They just don't get it. And when I was under, and with my podcast, I have a, a vast listening group from from Ireland, from Czechoslovakia, from the Philippines, where hunting is crucial in, in some of the, some of their areas. But also, they don't have the public land that we do. And yep. those who list this podcast, you guys have an, an opportunity to get your do do everything do everything above board and wait until this pandemic's over with, and be able to come to America and enjoy our public land options and stuff like that. And that's what's great about it. It's like something from Germany goes and get, can get a, a, a permit to go hunting and have the time of their life. And that's the greatest thing about it. And it's like that reciprocity is, is fantastic, especially like I would love to go overseas and go to Ireland or Scotland or Germany and go hunting and, and experience that yep. culture in itself because my roots are are deep in the uh, uh, mountains there in Germany. So it's like I'd love to go be able to go part of a car, a cow hunt or a, a deer hunt or fallow or whatever they have to offer and be, and be able to go in their customs and how they go through the process of, of hunting the animal, slaughtering the animal, preparing it and trying their different foods and how they mix their different spices and such. And yeah. That's exciting. And that's is. the best thing about the interwebs is that this can bring people together. And the best part is my internet or 
you can get a hold of me through any of my platforms. So even through SoundCloud, you could reach out to me. It's like, well, if somebody wants to come across the seas and go hunting in 2021, wait until after the election year because that's all reason what's going on. But send. There's plenty of people out there that will be willing to invite you out to their home to take you yes. out hunting and to experience different things. Because I had a friend of mine, uh, Tony Holinka, he's been on the podcast several times, and he had a foreign exchange student from Spain, never experienced hunting, and she got to. Here in Wisconsin. Awesome. And, and do you know how awesome that is? It's like, that's just fantastic. That is. That and, really and, is. and she got to try hard. She got to deer, try deer tongue. Deer tongue was not for her, but she yep. at least tried she it. She tried it. And she loved venison, man, back straps and everything else. Like, Tony is a great cooker, great cook. So he comes up with a lot of fantastic ideas. Okay. And his, his kitchen is like something I want. It's just like, it's got an island burner. It's got plenty of room, plenty of oh. space for him to get through everything. It's like, yeah, my wife wants his kitchen. <laughs> he was fantastic. Oh yeah, he's he's got a lot of positive insights and stuff like that. And he likes to try different things and like what sure. we have an episode called Deer Tongue and his wife was just like pushing it on us because <laughs> it wasn't for her, but it's like he just used a simple brine similar to what you'd use for pike okay. or, or white fish and he just delicious absolutely delicious awesome and so far this year my goal was to catch more pike to 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 can more mm-hmm. and to brine it and to pickle it i'm not i'm a little i'm falling behind on my goals here but my dad said he decided to put his boat away for the summertime because he's got an allergic reaction to the sun he's okay. 66 years old so it's like he picks and chooses when he goes hunt goes fishing now so it's okay. like it's like all right well i do told him it's like i do want to go out and do some crappie fishing here because there's a there's a fantastic lake in northern iowa called crystal lake okay and it, 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 as we get progressively in this, into the summer, you have to be on the water at sunrise. You have to get your bait all the way down to the bottom. And you have to be drifting or trolling for it, and you got you got to just figure out where they're where they're at. And it's like, it's we had my dad and I had a fantastic experience because we went fishing that Saturday, that Sunday morning. It's like I woke up before he does. And this is a guy that's been waking up at four o'clock for forty years. <laughs> I beat him to the punch, and it's like, so you want to go fishing? He just kind of hesitated, and he looked at me. It's like, all right, let's go. And so we took off and went out fishing. Went and got some coffee, got some donuts, and we 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 weren't out there until nine o'clock because right around that nine thirty mark, it's the fish just kind of stops. So it's like, well, ten o'clock. We're if we don't catch, we kind of tooled around the rest of the lake, and and, sure. and if and if we were something was biting, we'd continue, but it just stopped. So we oh, we sure. we made a long hour trip around the, the the lake. Now mind, the lake's only five acres wide, okay. so so we, we we milked it for all we could. Sure. So my wife stayed home with the daughter, and they just hung out and but my dad and i we came back i got pictures of it too That's we awesome. came home with 24 slabs yeah wow. and the worst part was is like i kept on having him spit the hook out so it was like my dad was just giving me shit left and right so yep. it's like i had a little net right next to me he's like grabbing it real quick and bring it back in because <laughs> like the, the grief i was getting was enough to like i'm gonna grab a net now yep yep <laughs> yeah it's it's That's fun awesome. to it's it's fun to have that um, experience, especially like you for you, yeah, for um, anybody that has a parents that are getting up there, like make an effort to spend time with them because they're not going to be here forever. Yeah, because there's I have friends of mine that uh, that have reached out to me and they appreciate my. Uh, emphasis on family values because their fathers have passed away their moms have yeah. passed away so yep. even if you maybe pissed off at them for some goddamn reason you forgot about go talk to them exactly because it's like i have a kid of my own you have three of your own and you don't want to have 10 15 years run by you because sure you don't. never know when that deer's going to come out it's not worth it i mean i'm very blessed at 42 years old to still have both of my parents in my life and uh, my dad is 70 now my mom is going to be 69 here in another month and uh you know, I don't ever want to imagine my life without them, but I know that day is going to come, and it's 
the way the last 25 years have flown by for me, mm-hmm. you know, I know in another 25 years they will be eventually gone. And, yeah. you know, that's, I think that's where my personal development has really helped me accept that in my mm-hmm. life, where when that day comes, I'm not going to be like the norm that break down and just lose their shit because their parents are no longer here. Yeah. I'm grateful for every moment I have, no matter how pissed off I make them or <laughs> they make me. Yeah. I am still grateful for them and I love them to death. And that's what unconditional love is all about. Um, I've never heard my dad tell me that he loves me. He's never said it to me. My dad's old school at that too. Yep. It's like they're the way to display love is far different than yep. what we're used it to. Is. I know that he loves me because he's shown me, he's helped me out in so many ways, especially when I was farming, that if he didn't love me, there's no way he'd ever do that. Oh, yes. So, you know, they, sh- they show it rather than tell you. Yes. And that, that means the world to me. Yes, one day I hope he does say it to me, but at the same time, I recognize it. I know that he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just very grateful that I have both of my parents in my life because I know that day is coming. Yeah. It, you know... I look, again, I look at how fast the last 24, 25 years have gone in my own life, and I know that day is coming. But uh, I treasure every single moment. You know, I took my kids, my two little kids, down to my parents yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening, and just the expression and the enjoyment on their faces being at Grandpa and Grandma's house because my grandmother, or my mother, is so animated with uh-huh. those kids and they just love her you know and she's a typical grandma yeah gonna give them anything they want candy you know <laughs> pop whatever and yeah. they just light up and they have that excitement they've got their toys down there um they've got some of my old toys like an old pedal tractor that i used to have and it it, it means so much and you can relate to oh, it 100 percent. the excitement Day weekend face. last week and i get it yeah absolutely it, it's an absolute blessing to have this life, guys. Life is too short to be miserable. Yep. Um, I could go on about a couple experiences with some neighbors recently, but I'm not going to get into that because it just gets me in a mood that I don't want to be in. Yeah. Um, I appreciate my neighbors, but life is just too short to be miserable and to hold grudges. It oh, really yes. is. Oh, 100% agree on that. Because it can be taken away from you like that. Oh, yes. Oh, oh hands down. Because um, this past weekend was Father's Day weekend. Yep. And so what we did is we went down to my dad's house. We hung out with them. But uh, before we went down there, for my wedding gift slash Father's Day gift, my wife bought me a new pistol. It's a nice new Sig Sauer P320 uh, X5 full carry, full size. And man, it's a beautiful gun. But my daughter was in there and she's just walking around having a heyday. She's talking to people. She's naming guns. Like She even picked up my birthday <laughs> present too. <laughs> and and the, awesome. the one she picked that was a 22 LR from Buckmaster, and it was an encrypted camo. And it's like this is just fantastic, sweetie. It's like I love it. It's like sweet, yeah. And so, and and uh, this weekend we showed her my my dad's heirloom that he has that he when his very first 22 single shot breech action. He's gonna pass that down to me, which is gonna go down to her. That's and, awesome. And man. it's I mean, like I thought it was, but he we, he needed he still needs to take care of some squirrel issues. Sure, so sure, sure. He got himself some new CCI ammunition. I told him it was like that 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 distance is not very wide and not very long. So it's like just you're gonna have to be close and get the yep. highest grain possible because that buckshot and that 22 is not not as much as you think. I have a friend of mine out in. Uh, 
Arizona, and they, they, her and her wife homestead out there, and they've been, they've been having cool. issues. Like as it gets hotter, yep. like, the rattlesnakes come out. Oh sure. And she was, she just made a post of her taking it out, cutting it up, and just getting in. She's, she's getting to learn about taxidermy. Okay. And stuff like that. And we hear, and, and all three of us will talk and stuff like that about what's going on. Like, and I'll introduce her to people that I could that could help them out. What what, what little technology they have, mm-hmm. and to just to like just to get them started with it. And then uh, we've had conversation about different footprints that show up. And like, they've had cats walk because they have they have a lot of uh, poultry. And okay. then it's a rehabilitation. It's um, Operation Frag in okay. uh, Fort Mojave, Arizona. And what they do is they bring in animals that need rescued or they need to be re- rehabilitated. And uh, they've been spending they spend a lot of time learning from other people, like learning from vets and, and other things like this. So this way they can tailor themselves so they don't have a lot of income. Yep. And they are a 501c3. They just don't have the income to be able to pay to have veterans come in. So they, vet, excuse me, not veterans, but vets to come in. So they, they learn what they can do and, and what they can do to make the comforts because sometimes they'll have some that don't make it they'll, they yeah. won't survive but they've been receiving a lot of donations about um like shelters um, okay. tires to be able to make baths all that and now they're doing their new, newest promotion is they whenever you donate x amount of dollars you get a little pop milly pig as a as a uh as a pet <laughs> that's yeah. pretty cool that's yeah pretty so cool. it's so they're they're doing what they can with the have, but they, they use that ammunition for rattlesnakes and yep. they usually kill like when they first started they, they killed probably like eight or nine ten of them because it was just it was the first time being on the property first sure. time like new seeing them and now it's 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 slowly been declined so now Good. it's like well i want to do something with these to to um, appreciate what what they what they're what what nature's provided because yep. they don't they don't throw away the meat they eat the meat they figure out a way to, to cook it okay. and, they, and I always advise them if like if you don't not sure, not sure how to grill it or uh, put it in a cast iron put it in a stew guarantee because yep. like you can do a slow it'll it'll cook the meat. Yep. And you can throw all of your flavors in you want to do, and you can trial and error with it. Yep. And I always, and I always, I always like if I'm doing something new, I don't use the entire uh, um, product, the entire right. animal. It's like I'll try this. Like I will do this with these right here. Test it out. Luckily, my daughter has a very sensitive palate, so it's like it's a good way for her. It's like, well, do you like it? Not like it? So that. So we have that bond because I want to teach her how to cook. Yeah, absolutely. That's the biggest thing is like teaching her. Other aspects as well, because the nice thing is, like, her mom doesn't know how to cook. I didn't like until I met my wife. She really didn't know how to cook either. So it's like a lot, that a lot of burden came on me. So it's like I want her to have a healthy relationship, a healthy um, what uh, marriage. So it's yep. like you need to teach her how to cook and you need to you need to spur that creativity, the imagination. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Because it's something that's something you don't have to worry about going to school for, exactly. unless you, unless you want to, unless you need, really need um, the resources of a school to pay for ingredients that you can't afford on your own. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, now you said you have a uh, a fun trip coming up and going to Vermont, correct? Yes, I'm going tomorrow. Actually, oh, you fly out tomorrow. I fly out tomorrow out of Madison, Wisconsin, and. Uh, I actually have a connecting flight, which is going to take me to Charlotte, North Carolina, and then up to Vermont. Okay. So I have like an hour and a half layover in Charlotte. I've never been to North Carolina before, and yeah, I'll be in the airport, but I can at least say that I've been to North Carolina now. <laughs> and uh, um, I'm really looking forward to this trip. Um, he's a former dairy farmer. He's now a custom field operator in Vermont. What he's, is a custom field operator? Because um, I have no idea what that is. Okay. He helps... Uh, he provides a service for planting crops, harvesting crops um, for other farmers in his area that you know don't necessarily have the money to invest in their own equipment. 
He has the equipment to get the job done for the farmers in his area. Okay, um, that makes sense. He's located right on Lake Champlain. He has 1,600 oh. acres on Lake Champlain. 1,600? That's yep. old money right there, man. Yes, it really is. And um, this is going to be a fun trip. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, from what I understand with with eastern deer and in that particular neck of the woods, there's not a lot of cover per se, um, a lot of fence lines. It's kind of like going to North Dakota, South Dakota. You know, you're hunting fence lines, um, draws like swamps, marshy areas, okay, things like that, creatures of the edge. Um, North Central Illinois is another prime example of, of that type of terrain that's that I can expect when I'm out there. Um, the size of the white-tailed deer out there is a little bit smaller than we have here than we're accustomed to with, say, Buffalo County, Wisconsin, which yeah. is a really popular Boone and Crockett County yes. in the United States. Um, but I think I can help this guy by attracting and holding more deer, um, creating those low-impact high odd stand situations that he's looking for um he's been following me for the last couple of years on my youtube channel epic whitetail habitat um and he's learned a lot from me but now he gets the personal experience of having me out there for a couple of days helping him with any challenges he's had in anything that he's implemented on his own um it's going to be a fun few days out there i'm really looking forward to it um he reached out to me my website to epicwhitetailhabitat.com and uh-huh. uh, sent me an email here earlier this spring and I'm finally able to get out there and connect with him on a personal basis, visit his property, come up with a plan for it, help him with some implementation of some of the strategies. Um, I think we're going to take an afternoon on Tuesday. I fly out Wednesday, so Tuesday afternoon we're going to start I'm going to help him start implementing some of his okay. some of the strategies that I recommend and everything. So it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, I've never been out east before, so it'll be a first time. And um, so I've really been studying that area and the habitat. Oh, a lot of um, a lot of Google, a lot of Google Earth, a lot of Google Earth. Um, just doing research on Google, okay. uh, Eastern Whitetail Habitat, and uh, just really educating myself on what to expect when I get out there. I got you. And he, I'm, I'm assuming he's already provided you the coordinates this way you can kind of look at everything to figure out so yep. you have a... Yep, looking at aerials, aerial photos, topographic maps of his property and everything. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun week and I'm really, really looking forward to it. Yeah, because this podcast was actually supposed to happen after this trip because like, yep. that's what we, what's we what came across because like, we were thinking ahead because I wanted to... Because it's like I've been out to like Boston, Massachusetts. Yep. I've been to New York. I've been to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania's a fun thing right there. I can see why their bow hunting is so popular out there because it's sure. fantastic terrain out there. But I've never gone hunting out out east, nope, so it'd be fun to hear your um, impressions that you, yep. that you encountered. Well, we'll have to set up another podcast oh, for this. Heck yeah. Heck yeah, That was will. our intention for this one anyway, so <laughs> let, let's we'll, set that up. We'll follow that one up with it, but... Uh, yep. You know, you came you came up with some really good news to me. It's like you found out you got pulled for fall bear, didn't you? Yes, I did here in Wisconsin, and uh, you know, I've I've never I've never done it before myself. This is the first bear hunt that I'll actually get to do. I've been with baiting before in the past. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, I did go with a really good friend of mine, Matthew Settlebauer, about six or seven years ago. Okay, I hunted with him on the first. 
on the very first day. Um, I was going to film for him. Unfortunately, we never had a bear come in. Okay. We had bear hitting that particular bait station um, right up until about the 1st of September that year. And as anybody here in Wisconsin can relate, once the acorns start dropping, and they usually start dropping right around the 1st of September. Okay. Bear... They do kind of almost cease to hit the baits, and uh, he had a really difficult season that year, but he did end up shooting a bear later in the season. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We, we just started baiting this last week in a really good area that um, I've always known exists. Um, I've always seen bear in this area. It's kind of, okay. it's kind of a creek bottom All right. um, with a lot of white pine, so there's a lot of – it's a lot – cooler down in that area um it's dark it's thick there's a lot just of, what bears love just what bears love what they absolutely love um i actually it's not my property that i'm hunting it's a really good friend of ours from chicago illinois okay who owns the property it's just 20 acres but that's all i need <laughs> we, we found earlier this spring while we were turkey hunting on the neighboring property where we had permission to hunt we found an area where they were actually bet where the bears were actually betting. Okay. Um, it was almost like somebody, like a farmer, took a manure spreader in there and just spread manure everywhere. <laughs> there was scat everywhere, and we okay. could see where the bears were crawling into brush piles and bedding up for the night, for the day, whatever they were doing. Okay. And uh, it's only like 150 yards from where I set up my bait station. Okay. We actually finished setting the stand and replenishing the bait this morning. Nothing had hit it, hit the bait yet. We had just put the bait in on wednesday um but i'm really looking forward to it got a camera in there now um, yeah cellular camera or just a regular camera? just a regular trail okay. camera um but rumor has it that there is a really big bear in the area and i have a really good friend who i bought a lot of my bait from that uh has a lot of experience bear hunting himself has taken numerous boone and crockett bears over his lifetime black bears that is okay and uh He's seen trail camera pictures, videos of this bear, and he swears for sure top 10 in the world, maybe even top five in the world, if not a world record bear. Wow, that'd be, bear. That'd be pretty sweet to see your name next to a... It, uh, it really a, would. Yeah. Um, I'm going sh- to harvest the first 300-pound bear I see, but if I have an opportunity at this bear... I don't know what I'll do, but I know I'll be very thankful to the Lord for mm-hmm. the opportunity. Um, and it's just it's just great knowing that there is something like that out there in the area that I hunt. Um, but no matter what, I'm going to have fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. I really am, because I just want a bear in the house. I want a full body mount and a uh-huh. bear in the house, because... I'd love to have a bear rug. That's, that's most of what I'm curious about. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, or so, a bear blanket, one of the two. Yep. I have, yeah. a, I have a friend that shot a bear a few years ago, and he did a full body mount, and his little nieces and nephews were over, and they were just intrigued by that full body mount bear uh-huh. that he had in the house. And with two little kids of my own, three and almost two years old, you know, I think it would be kind of fun to see their reaction to a full body mounted bear in the house. And my wife, for those of you that don't know, she does an in-home daycare. So she's got numerous little kids under the age of five in her house every weekend. You know, I, th- I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the reaction of these kids as they come into their house and anybody. Yes. Um, 
not that I'm in particular, you know, a particular fanatic of beer hunting. I just want to have the experience and say uh-huh. that I did it. It's kind of a bucket list thing. Fair enough. Yep. Just make sure everything's cooked over 165 degrees yep. so this way you don't get trigonosis. Exactly. Uh. Exactly. And I'm looking forward to trying some bear meat. I've never had any before in my life. Maybe I did when I was younger, a kid. As a kid, I know I have an uncle that's really into bear hunting. And maybe at one of his parties one time when I was really young, yeah. had some bear meat. But I just want to try it again. Yeah, I have not had bear meat yet. I've had a variety of different wild animals, but bear is not one of them yet. Now, for those who are unfamiliar with the black bears, what is an average size bear at like... Uh, because bears can grow up to get up to about 30 years old here. Like what's, cause I'm trying to figure out what's the oldest bear harvested out of Wisconsin. Cause I think I it's, it's gotta be in the teens, but yeah. I'm not sure. I know it's like, there's been a few rares up to, up to 25 years okay. old. Uh, but I think an average size black bear is right around like 400 pounds is an is that, average. That's probably about average for a boar, you know, 250 to 300, maybe for a sow. Yeah. Don't quote me on any of this. Neither do neither am I, because yeah. we do not have the stats and figures in front of us. Exactly, exactly. But, I, you know, in our area, like my taxidermist right in the Hickston, Wisconsin area, he shot a 550, 600-pound bear, which is only like three miles from my farm. Mm-hmm. My brother's farm in Hickston, Wisconsin. Um, there's been numerous other bears right in that five five to six hundred pound category. Um, so the potential is there. So I put something over almost a decade old because yeah. it's like to because like that bear has not been seen for over ten years to shoot something that big. Yep. It's like that's how hard. It is to shoot a bear. Absolutely. Because it's not easy. It is. Yep. It's like my buddy uh, Doug from the SmackDown podcast, he shot his, and only, I think his only came in just under 300 pounds. Okay. And so and that, and that was, he's in the, had the same thing for, same mindset as you are. Yep. First big, de- first Decent legal bear, bear yep. he was going to shoot it. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's all I want. Mm-hmm. But to know that the possibility is out there of, of harvesting a, a good bear, a really good bear, that. That's got some fire under me, and I'm really excited and looking forward to it. Um, and to be able to go out and, you know, spend some quality family time just running the baits, getting, yeah. getting my kids involved, getting my wife involved with it. You know, it's just a short, quick trip off the, off the road frontage. It's only like 150 yards off the road, so it's, it's going to be quick, easy. Even on the hot days, you know, it's something we can do quick and, and thoroughly enjoy it. And I, I love the bait that I'm using. Yeah, um, I think I think that first day, the first day that we were baiting, I think I ate more, more of the bait waiting for now my buddy. Now what? What? Because I've heard all different yep. types of bait to use. What are you guys using for your bait? Right now we're using uh, we're using cookies with caramel topping, um, and then fryer grease from a local bar for some scent. Okay, with some caramel scent that we added to that grease. Um, that's really potent smelling to get that scent in the air and to travel mm. up through the forest. I'm hunting in a really a large forested area back okay. behind agriculture. Okay. And uh, I want some scent going through that entire woods. It's probably altogether there's probably three thousand acres of woods in the surrounding properties. Wow. Altogether. Altogether, but that's that's still not gonna be an easy feat because no. it's like like you said it mentioned earlier, if they get onto to some bear now like you said, they got onto some acorns, but what about berries? Are there berries found oh, in the area? Oh, yeah. I'm, we're going to have a tremendous wild blueberry crop this year, mm-hmm. and the black caps are just starting to come on. I think we're going to see some black caps starting to ripen toward the end of this next week. We're supposed to get the weather here. Um, it's supposed to be, you know, 
mid to upper 80s for the remainder of the coming week here okay. going into the 4th of July. So it's going to get stuff real stinky. Yeah, it is. And it's going to be fun. It's I'm looking forward to getting back from Vermont and seeing what's on the trail cameras. Um, my really good friend that I do a lot of hunting with is going to bait for me one day while I'm gone and go in and check everything out, see if anything's hit it yet. Like I said, nothing is. We just started baiting on Wednesday. Nothing's found it or hit it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we got the tra- trail camera in there this morning, got the stand set up. So all the hard work is done. Now okay. it's, it's just a matter of keeping things baited up. So now between now and opening day, how will your buddy be able to cover a scent from all the human interaction out there? How does how do you cover that up? Then? Well, because I know their noses are very sensitive. Their, their noses are very sensitive, but... The thing is that I've heard and researched with bear hunting is if you're not actively hunting and if you're just going in to bait, those bear get conditioned to you and they know what they're doing. Or, you know, they know what you're doing. They're pattering and pattering yes. you. Yes, yeah, you like know, all animals like do. Like all, predator, all predators do, like in, yep. in omnivores too, yep. yeah. Even whitetails, you know, they're pattering when, the, you. when the hunting season starts, they're out pattering it you too you know Mm -hmm. and that's why you want to keep the pressure off but the bear no once they relay it to the bait being there and this is just from what i'm hearing it's not from my experience it's what i've heard other people's experience they relate that human scent to okay a human being has been in here he's put more food there i'm gonna go eat so they get used to that. They get used to your presence being there. So kind of like what's happening in, in New Jersey with all the with the abundance of um, uh, black bears there because they're coming to that food. Yeah. Because it's like because I've that's it's not uncommon to see some cross come across a ticker saying bear sighted in New Jersey or yep. Trenton or something like that sure. because of the the constant food. So yeah, I get it. I get it now. Yep. Yep. Because they're almost like they're almost be like a like a twelve year old. You know, like sure. a, like, a, like a human. You know, like have that kind of idea. It's like, well, I'm getting fed at this time. I'm just like, I'm just become lazy. And I was like, because exactly. Anybody that's anybody, it's like they're like deer, like humans, and like and like bears. Yep. There's easy food. I'm gonna walk to that. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, when it comes to hunting, you wanna, you definitely wanna have the most scent control that you can possibly take advantage of. Yeah. I mean, it's out there and it's available. Yes, you still have to play the wind because you cannot 100% eliminate your human odor. But I'm gonna take advantage of every opportunity that I have, whether it's my my scent black suit whether it's my scent crusher bag that I put my camouflage and hunting clothes into, the, the spray that I use to spray down as I go into the woods, as I enter my stand, as I'm setting up everything, I'm going to spray everything down the best I can, wipe everything down uh-huh. with my scent-free wipes. I'm going to take advantage of those opportunities, and I'm willing to spend the money for that thing to put the odds more in my favor. Mm-hmm. Again, is it 100% guarantee that you're going to be 100% order-free? No, it's not. No, you still have. To we play still the have man. our breath. Yes. Now I've learned that um, last fall there was a couple of big. Uh, I, can't, I don't remember the names, but they were, they're known for shooting two hundred class bucks. Sure. And what they do is that they play the wind and the, the bucks favor. But what they do to help them, they keep everything moisturized. Yep. So this way, then they, they try to keep their their body temperatures. 
low as possible without creating perspiration, but they, yep. they would apply lotions all over their face, their their beard, their ears, their hair, because it's like that it keeps that scent locked in because it's moist. And I, I had no idea that it wasn't just, I just happened to see it on a Facebook yep. ad talking about the, this company's um, line of lotions. Sure. So it's like, it makes sense because like I use I use scent blockers because it's like, it, it, it reacts the best to my skin. Yep. And so now it's like when, I'm, when uh, I go hunting and they, they give me that lotion, yep. now I understand why I need to use that lotion, especially on hunting, big bucks absolutely absolutely and and you're right um that was one of the things i learned and you know i carry one of the biggest spray bottles that i possibly can with scent elimination inside of it because i'm constantly spraying down you know if if a deer is not in visual sight i'm i'm spraying down every so often to keep everything moist because that's what it takes when it dries out that's when your human order starts to get out there from my own experience and from what I've read other hunters doing as well, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, I've, I've kind of bought into that and I practice that myself. Yes. Yep. And then just the biggest thing is that when you, as a consumer, when you're looking trying these different products, try if see if you can try a sample size because you don't want to have an allergic reaction to it. Yep. Or like if you're a female brand and they're coming out hunting too, it's like they're very particular about what they put on their skin. So it's like yep. you got to make sure they're okay with it. Kind of like when, when my wife and I go hunting, we use the scent blocker shampoo because that doesn't leave her scalp dry or itchy yeah, or scratchy. Right. And she's got very thick hair. Well, you met Alicia yep, yep. From, from our first experience. It's like that. Just think of all that hair and, right. like, and she's not comfortable because that'll shorten your hunt real quick sure it will sure it will and that makes sense and so how long is your season then once you get your tag you know that's one thing i really haven't looked into i believe it's a month maybe a month and a half okay starts it starts the very first wednesday of september right after labor day i believe it is okay and it goes until i want to say mid-october okay i'm not real sure i can't remember right offhand um but I'm going to enjoy it. You know, it mm-hmm. gives me another element. It extends my hunting season. It uh, starts my hunting season a little bit earlier here and, in Wisconsin. And with that, and if you're successful getting a two, uh, a two to four hundred or like a three hundred to four hundred pound beast, yep. that's a lot of meat in the freezer right there for you yourself. Bet it is. And that's that's exciting. That's that's why we hunt because it's like because of all the processed foods. Like we've heard yep. the core stories and stuff like that. Yep, we sure have. Um, and I absolutely love wild game meat. Um, mm-hmm. I prefer it over any domestic animal that we have. Um, it's leaner, it's healthier for you. And, uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. So I'm looking forward to harvesting a bear, hopefully, and, uh, trying recipes that I've never tried before. And just simply, um, just simply the experience and creating the memories, you know, whether it's with my family, whether it's with my buddy that's helping me bait, um, that's what it's all about. It's the whole element of hunting and everything that goes into the process, Mm -hmm. um, everything leading up to hunting season. That's where, that's where it all begins. It's just like with my whitetail business, it never ends. It never ends at the end of hunting season. You're already starting to get involved with what's going to happen the following season and also figuring out what is legal to place out there during the winter time because it's like like if those who forgot to or like there's an area that has a high amount of snowfall you can do do some research for what is legal where i can put here 
Yep. So this way it keeps the deer alive. Absolutely. And keeps them coming back in. But uh, you you mentioned about the meat quality and stuff like that. Now I just we just Alicia and I just put in a order for Holman Meat Locker there because they did because we've 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 gone away from going to the big box stores. Yep. And getting our meat and just to kind of give us that aha moment. There was one day where it's like well, we had sirloins in the in the freezer, but they're frozen, sure. and the wife wanted to have sirloins. So it's like okay, well we were at Walmart, we got ourselves a pair of sirloins, and then and it, it's just tasting that. It's just night and day. It's like, man, this meat is garbage. It's, it's yes. still good. Don't mean, don't mean, don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah. But it's like when you actually have something that's an organic farmer that's grown from your area. Because I think Anderson Farms is they own they own yeah. like thousands of acres, but they they they're they're diversified. They have turkeys, they have chickens, they have cattle, they have um, vegetable gardens, some of that. So we got that, and it's like. We will never go back. No. And plus, it's like we're, we're, we're contributing to the local economy yeah, through absolutely. this right here. And if we lived at home, and they would actually deliver it to us, but uh, we just have to okay. go and pick it up. Yep. And so I put in an order. We should get it here, I don't know, Wednesday or Thursday. Yep. But that meat is just so much better. It's like, God dang, it's good. It is. It is. Um, and going back to I prefer you know wild game over beef, but you're exactly right. Even just buying locally versus the big box stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a difference. Number one, you know where it come from. You know, I have a really good friend that raises beef cattle, and he has them processed down at Falls Meats, which is a popular processor here in our area. Yeah, down in Pigeon Falls, and yeah, you you couldn't ask for better quality beef. It's pasture raised. Um, is there a difference between grain fed, pasture fed, and all that? Is there a health benefit to it? I wouldn't say there's a health benefit to it, but yeah, you can taste a difference from a grass-based fed animal to a green fed, mm-hmm. but I love it no matter what because I know where it came from. Yes. You know, and that's with anything. I mean, it's, it's just like eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, we started raising our own chickens at our, at our place and collecting the eggs and going from store-bought to our own on chickens, oh, you, you would definitely taste different. There's definitely a difference. There's a difference in the color of the yolks. Yes, oh, it's a yes, there richer, is. deeper yellow color, and they're just fantastic. Have you ever seen a, a mouse get caught in the chicken coop yet? No, they'll destroy. Like I've heard it several times in Rogan's podcast, but sure. they'll destroy it. If, if, <laughs> they'll, a, they'll just, if you see it come through there, or if, sure. you, want, or if you catch a mouse, you want to throw it in there, watch them. They'll, they'll, they'll jump on it like hawks. They're sure. just on top of it real quick. But uh, I've always been really good. Like wherever we move to, I always try to find some that has locally sourced eggs because it's it's nine day difference. My um, father in law's brother's. Uh, daughter, she okay. actually has gotten into uh, working with quail eggs and doves and and all that fun stuff. So mm-hmm. every time we come down there, it's like usually right time when we run out of all the eggs, and okay. but we'll get a fresh batch of different types of quail eggs and hen eggs and, and just a bunch of like little itty bitty ones. And we, we figure out all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, a good friend of ours is a um, trained chef, and so it's like it's fun watching her create the stuff that she that she yeah. has access to. Yeah. And so it's it's nice to have that. Uh, as a feature for us, so we've been we've all been talking since I purchased my new gun. We're, when we go down there in Illinois here pretty soon, we don't we just don't know when mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to go to the gun range and be shooting off some uh, some ammunition there for sweet. Yeah, so that's our goal for that. Now, um, before we wrap up here, I do want I want to have a request. If when you shoot your you shoot your bear, you let me know. I will drive up there and help you pull it out. But I just want to be part of skinning it and 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 breaking it down. I want to be right there with my hands inside. They're all full of blood because it's like I don't have very many opportunities. Opportunities to go after bears like this. Sure. It's like if you happen to get one, let me know, and I will. I will. My boss is very, very forgiving. He's like, it's like if it, if, it, if it doesn't cause a disruption in his day, it's like it's usually always approved. 
I will do that. Yeah. I will do that. Yeah, because I, I just want to see in the tech. It's like I'm setting my tree stand, and like 16 minutes later, it's like, shot one. All right, I'm out. I'm, yep. I'll, see, I'll see you in two hours. <laughs> I will do that for you. You just drop a pin, and I will drive to it. Exactly. It's real. It's a real easy location to find. It's just south of Hickston, yeah. Hickston Wisconsin, and uh, I will gladly do that. Yeah, because I just, I just want to, because I don't know if I'll, like, I had to start, I had to start applying for points first yep, off, yep. but I want to be able to, like, get in my first experience to try to have an idea what's all going with it. And of course, there's going to be a podcast recorded behind, behind this well, first experience. Really. Yeah. First, of um, course, of course. But yeah, we, we've, we've had a lot of information here, but uh, just want you to let people know how they can reach, even though this is the third time you've been on here, yep. it's always, I always have new listeners. Absolutely. How can they find Epic Whitetail Habitat? Well, they can, Find me on my website, epicwhitetailhabitat.com. Um, I'm on Facebook at Epic Whitetail Habitat LLC and on Instagram at Epic Whitetail Habitat. And uh, you can send me a message via those platforms. My email address is epicwhitetailhabitat at gmail.com. Send me a message, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And if you want it, the full experience of what I'm all about, Reach out to me. Yeah. And all this information is always in all of my show notes because the podcast one and two, you go in there, you'll find all the information. The only thing is I didn't, I didn't post your uh, Instagram one. So that'll make sure I, yep. I nice thing, I'll go back through and edit, add that to the list of you all bet. the things there. So, well, Ryan, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm getting hungry because the, the burgers here smell delicious. Yes, they do. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and tuning in. And uh, I will let you go. 